talking about great running back combos at one college. You mentioned Saquon and Miles Sanders. You mentioned a couple other guys earlier from UGA, Sonia Shell, Nick Shubb, and a guy that I want to talk about next who is all over the freaking map in these rankings, and that is a guy that used to be a league winner in and of himself, uh, including for me and Sean. I know he's won a couple of weeks for you, run Mr. Todd Gurley. Out in L.A. on a one-year deal now with the Atlanta Falcons. Sean, you have Gurley at wow, running back 10. Kalu, you have him at running back 16. Raz, you have him at running back 31. <laughs> <laughs> All over the map, my God. Yo. I think I'm somewhere no, Let's just take a look at the running backs you have above Gurley. Uh, we have Raheem Moser, David Montgomery, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Ronald Jones, whole collector guys. You wow. got him real uh, Raz, you got him real low. Go. Listen, man. Uh, <laughs> three of us in the same fantasy league here. Um, if you take Todd Gurley at 10, I thank you. Um, <laughs> because because those winnings will be in my pocket. But I mean, look, Todd Gurley got degenerative knees. Fact. <sighs> um, he's gonna be playing with Matt Ryan. They're gonna look to hear to air it out to Julio Funches, who scores no touchdowns. So they're gonna. So 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 they're gonna. <laughs> all the names we've had today. We're not going to respect Julio Jones like that because he's best for you in football. Jarvis Edelman and whoever else we came up with, that's fine. We're going to keep the Julio slander at a bit I'm sorry to put you off. Keep going. Now you go, you're good. But I'm just saying, like, I I don't trust those knees, man. I don't. And, I mean, I like, obviously, if he's healthy, he's a top 15 ta- talent right now in these running back rankings. But you trust those knees in Atlanta? I don't know. Because who, who's behind them? Who's behind them? Edo Smith? Yeah, sure. So my thing is, like, if that's his backup, they're going to have to run Todd Gurley into the ground. Uh, we're going to look away to Sean. I think, Sean, I think that Raz having a third oh, round might, might be a little bit disrespectful. Sean, you got a top ten, which I also think is a little bit wild. So we're going to be in the middle here with Kevin Lewis. So I do want to throw out a – well, I think it's a good point. Atlanta is definitely an error, a throw off it. what do I say, a passing offense first. But they do run the ball inside the 10-yard line a lot. And that could play well if Gurley is healthy for looking to some touchdowns and producing some value there. Kevin, you're a little bit more in the middle. Gurley at 16. Do you feel confident in that ranking? No. Uh, no, I don't feel confident <laughs> ranking Ty Gurley at 16. I didn't know where to rank him, honestly. I- I had, like, when I started, I had him at 13, and then I eventually had him at 21, and I'm like, okay, 16 sounds cool. Let's throw him there. <laughs> um, I I don't mind having him at the right price, but, like, currently he's going 29. That's going to be a no for me. That's going to be a big fucking no for me. No thanks. If, if he makes it to round four or, like, the end of round three, somewhere around that area, I'm fine with it. But Too soon. Uh, I'm fine with him there. Like, the thing is with Gurley, like, we could talk about his knees, and I understand that. But, like, he's also in a great spot on a team that can't stop anybody and has a pretty good offensive line. 
but I don't know how much he's going to get in the passing game. I don't, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how how much uh, Matt Ryan really targets his running backs, and they also have um, arguably the best receiving receiving duo on the sport. So like, I don't know how much he's going to get there. I'm not really trying to draft him, but <laughs> I, number 31 is absurd. That's why. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would like a word on your best receiving oh, duo. All, all I said was argument. All right. All right. Sean, stop saying speak down for him to hold your peace. All right, so so let's let's just go. This is just where I have girly rank. Like I said, my per- these are just my personal rankings that I'll be drafting off. Not necessarily like telling you you should take Todd Gurley at ten. Okay, um, so so digging a little deeper, Kalu, you did mention I don't know how much Matt Ryan likes to throw to his running backs. Oh fuck, I'm glad you mentioned that. I had that number right in front of me last year before he got hurt. Um, the, Matt Ryan actually did pass to Devontae Freeman a lot. Um, Devontae Freeman, um, in 14 games last year. Um, he finished 10th among all running backs with 70 targets, um, si- about 67% of the snaps. Um, off the top of your head, do you guys know how many touchdowns Gurley finished with last year? Five, like 10 or 11. Okay, Lou. Oh, Raz, Raz? I think we lost Kevin. I mean, nah, I have he, no clue. He ended up with 14 touchdowns last year. And on top of it, I have Gurley ranked 10th. He ended up as RB12 last year. So, you know, RB31 is wild. I think purely... I mean, it was aggressive for sure, but I mean... Not wild. (laughs) It's pretty pretty wild, bro, when we get into, like, you know, even, like, a guy, like, I I think Gurley has a pretty safe floor in terms of, like, he's going to get the... I think, you know, I think we could bank him for for 10 touchdowns. Last year, dude spent the whole offseason crying about his about him being finished and he still ended up with 14 touchdowns the dude is a weapon in the red zone and <laughs> i mean i don't make the jokes about julio not getting thrown ball in the red zone but but we they just gave matt ryan another guy not to, to throw the ball to instead of julio in the red zone i definitely think Todd girl is going to be somebody who is going to be a focal point inside the red zone um i think he has a floor of of eight to tw- of eight to ten touchdowns um on top of his rushing work um and let's just say like i said um, I don't think Gurley has that top 10 upside anymore. It's hilarious because he's only 26 at this point. Um, and like I said, to this point, I haven't he's ended 66. up with six. Todd Gurley's like 42. What the his fuck? Knees, he might be 46. <laughs> his knees are 66. <laughs> it, it might it might only be uh it might be like a Dominican 26 to where like some some birth certificate some birth certificate flubbing going on. But he's 20, but he's 26, bro. Like so, and I think, you know. He might die by the second half of the season, you know. Um, but I definitely do think they don't have to worry about his long term upside to where if you know they they can they're not they're not involved in a in a long term contract with him. He's on a one year contract to where uh Gurley can definitely I can see them feeding the rock for him. I can see he ended up with eight hundred fifty seven rushes last year. Um I can see him getting closer to a thousand yards. So let's just say a thousand yards, um ten touchdowns. And let's just say around um, 40 to 45 receptions, we're looking at about RB 10 to 15. So I, I definitely do think I'm not exactly like horny to take Todd Gurley this year. I could see, you know, I could definitely see him uh, missing some time with injury or um, I, I definitely do think it's been a little more narrative heavy in terms of um him losing all of his bursts. I don't think he's the same running back from his, uh, MVP season, 
but he's also not like stick a fork in him. He he'll be in the CFL next weekend. Washed either. Um, a lot of the a lot he's, of the, he's not David Johnson. A lot of the a lot of the <laughs> problems that a lot of the problems that the Rams had last year wasn't necessarily on Gurley alone. Um, the offense got figured out as much. The offensive line was trash. Jared Goff, Jared Goff, missed some time. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, not Jared Goff. Um, Cooper Cup missed some time. The whole offense. Um, and, and Jared Goff took a step down this year. So you know, just in terms of, um, you know, Atlanta's offense is something that we can we can count on. Um, going forward in terms of you know, um, just we know they're gonna have a super high passing floor. Um, and if he's in a good, a productive offense, I definitely think. The receiving and the uh, his actual touchdown production can end up making up uh, for whatever um, efficiency he might lose in terms of running back. So yeah, thirty one is wild. I'm not like I said, I'm not holding you take him at ten. Um, I'll probably want him to fall a little lower to me than that. I might have to drop him down in my rankings a little bit. Haven't end up with Gurley anywhere, but that is somebody that I, I do think he can provide RB two value this year. Um, which, like I said, can get a little ugly and, and dicey a little earlier. Sean, I think my question would be, do you think that Gurley's only avenue to RB2, because to me, his only avenue to real RB2 consistency is being very touchdown dependent in a good offense that does run the ball inside the 10-yard line a lot. Do you see another path to that ranking? Um, I mean, you know, but I, I do think it's a – not to get bogged down on that, but, yeah, I mean, I just think his – the safe, the relative safety in terms of what he's going to get in terms of um, last year in top twenty four finishes, he had nine. He finished in the top twenty four nine times um, in PPR, mm-hmm. uh, and he finished in the top twelve six times. So that's about let's say um, that's about around thirty five to forty percent of the season. Um, I don't think he's completely washed. So you know, is it is it probably going to be? Uh, based around his touchdown production, yeah, probably with. But this is a guy that his his low on touchdowns is was the second year with with Jeff Fisher when he ended up with six. Other than that, just off rushing, he ended up with ten his rookie season, um, thirteen in year three, seventeen in year four, and twelve in in uh in, in last season. Um, and that's before I even count the other twelve receiving touchdowns he has. So I do think this is something that is a part of his skill set in terms of him getting the ball in the end zone. Um, you know, but I understand why people have the trepidation with Gurley. I can't lie, you know. Hey, let's keep the conversation going about time running backs, right? Away. But this time let's talk about a running back that I am very interested in getting some shares of at the right price. As a running back that in past years screwed a lot of people over at fantasy because he was in a terrible situation in Miami. But now he's in Arizona in a great offense with a great offensive basketball and Cliff Kingsbury. And one of the most talented young quarterbacks in the league, and that is one Kenyon Drake. Right, Raz, I'm going to start with you. You have Kenyon Drake, I believe. You have him inside the top ten. So, And you have him ahead of a couple guys we talked about before, and Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb. So I imagine you don't have many reservations about taking Kenyon Drake pretty early this year and expecting that that upside, if it hits, is something that could really carry your team week to week. Yeah, I mean, I like Kenyon Drake just because – I feel like he's going to be catching a lot of passes. Um, I do think just with Cliff, I mean, just the, the offensive like innovation that I think he's going to be able to bring after another year with this team is going to be incredible. Um, I know we did the quarterback rankings last week, and I wasn't as high on Kyler as I was on 
as other people were, but I, I feel like Kenyon Drake is a big reason for that. I do think he's going to get his touches, and I like his ceiling, and I do think he has a safe floor, but I think the potential on him is very high, so that's why I have him ranked where I have him. Trying to go to the lower 15, what are your trepidations there? Um, You know, I, I do believe in Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is on a one-year contract this year, so I definitely think there's something that needs to be a little bit, you know, we're not exactly sure in terms of how, like, when we just, it, it's just been full, full, uh, full steam ahead on the Kenyon Drake bandwagon this year. Um, love him as a player, somebody who I've definitely been targeting heavy the last two years. Um, but he is much more volatile than he is getting credit for right now. That is just something that frightens me a little bit with him. Um, not the talent, I definitely believe in the talent. Um, and like I said, maybe he, if he, if it's the, if it just works out to where he found the perfect, uh, circumstance for him and Cliff Kingsbury is going to make him the, the feature back, you know, that's something that we could definitely believe in. Um, and I, I, like I said, I definitely understand the appeal, but you know, I have him, where do I have him, Matt? You said looking at my rankings, I don't even have him. Okay, 15. 15. Yeah. That, that just feels right to me in terms of, um, comparative value that I feel like I can find. Um, over there. Um, and he had he had eight touchdowns, and he also was really boomer bust last year in terms of um he was either ending up with plus fifteen points or um an under ten point game. Um, and I do think that if anything happens to him, whether it's an injury or um you know lack of production or whatever might get him um not the feature role, I do think that uh, Arizona has a couple. Uh, pretty versatile running backs that can actually um, step in and produce. So with him, it's just a value thing. I, I'm a little, his value is a little hair, um, higher and, and pricier than I would probably want to invest in. Um, but I do, there's definitely great upside, but I think where he's being drafted right now, you're drafting him towards um, his best case scenario outcomes. Um, and around 15, I do think that is where he ends up around for the final um, accumulation at the end of the season. Um, but, you know, I think I think the, the Cardinals offense does have a lot of mouths to feed, um, which just, you know, has me a little concerned about what is his ultimate upside this year, you know? For sure. We lost Kevin. Hopefully we'll get him back here in a little bit. Raz, I have a question for you. So we've hit on both of these running backs. All the running backs we've hit on so far are pretty inside the top 20 of rankings. Just laid out a couple others in your particular rankings that we haven't touched on specifically yet, but as much as I'm sure we don't like to, we can't hit on any every running back in the book. So Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and then James Conner, Chris Carson, Jonathan Taylor, 18, David Johnson, 19, Melvin Gordon at 20. All of those guys in your top 20, who do you feel the least confidence in and who could you potentially see falling below that 20 threshold? Uh, probably Chris Carson. Um, and that's just because he can't stay healthy. Um, I mean, I love it's him. It's not even the fumbling concerns. It's his health. Yeah, I mean, because even with the fumbling concerns, he still finds a way to score. He still finds a way to put up points. I think it's just one of those things where he can't stay healthy coupled with the fumbling. You know, he could he could easily fall out of that, those rankings. John, you dropped the Taylor just outside the top 20. You have him subbed in with David Montgomery at 20. Is there anyone out of those group of running backs you think could take a little bit of a tumble? Um, Raz actually stole my my uh my pick in terms of 
Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of, I do think, let's just say he doesn't um, get as much, you know, of the high volume. And let's just say they got guys like Carlos Hyde and um, they drafted DJ Dallas. And I do believe Rashad Penny should be ready to contribute at some point. Um, and, you know, even though I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick him necessarily. Um, but I do think there's a lot of downside with Carson if the fumbling continues. So um, outside of that group, um, I would I would probably say um, I'd probably say uh, James Conner, uh, just somebody that I'm not super excited uh, to draft this year, just in terms of. But you actually you had you had James Conner at 25 already, so that's pretty obvious you're not excited to draft him. I know, <laughs> no, I know, but just in terms of, I, I think um, consensus wise, he's definitely somebody who um, is around that group. I just don't trust him to stay healthy, um, and that's not even me trying to hammer on the, the cancer thing. Um, I just kind of think James Conner, when I combine his um, me not being a true believer in terms of his just straight skill, and I do think the offense has to get back to. To, um, clicking for him to to give you that type of upside. Um, let me take a look at my rankings inside that top twenty. Um, I would I would probably say go, going back. I'd probably say if I had to pick somebody inside the top twenty that I could see falling inside that top twenty five. Oh, that's that's tough, man. You know, I I want to say I want to say Lev, even though that's not really going out on a. You know, uh, that's not really like a hot take or anything. But between between Lev or Kenny Drake, I would say I could see them falling. I could see them more likely falling outside of the top twenty five than like getting inside of the top five. Even though I, I do see the possibility of both happening. You know? Now to flip that around on you, running back outside the top twenty that you think could finish twentieth or higher. What's the name that pops out to you there? Um, Raz, you want to hit that first, or um, should I go? Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking at my rankings right now. Sean, so um, real quick. I think there's a name, and I mean, it's not really like that hot, hot takey because he's right outside your top twenty. But at least at the beginning of the season, I see no reason why you should have any sort of hesitation to draft Mark Ingram. I think that once again, he is going to be at least. I know they drafted J.K. Dobbins, and I know he's going to have a pretty nice role. But let's say that J.K. Dobbins has that Gus Edwards role from last season. I don't think that stops Mark Ingram in that offense, which is incredibly run-heavy, and in theory, with another year under their belt with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, should take another step forward this year, and they're going to be hungry after last season's playoff disappointment. At least at the start of the season, Mark Ingram is someone that, if he falls to me, I would be pretty ecstatic about. Yeah, with with Ingram... um... You know, J.K. Thomas was my my favorite running back in his in his personal class, so it's going to be interesting. And I do see him as a as a second half play. Um, you know, Ingram has probably been you know coming out of his draft class Heisman winner. Um, he had a lot of expectations coming out those first couple of years in in New Orleans. He didn't necessarily blow the league up, but he's always been a serviceable to above average back to where I still do see him at that level. Um, you know, the, the Baltimore offense is just going to be so damn dynamic and, and efficient in that run game to where um, the only path I see Ingram really falling off a cliff, I see I see that through injury and not really through bad performance. Because, you know, if, if Ingram was the next, let's just say, 
if we had to choose a running back in the league right now, approaching 30 to where we could say he could next, he could mirror uh, years 30 to do like 36 of Frank Gore's career, you know, Ingram would be up there in terms of just how, uh, you know, compact he is as a running back and what he can do um, between the tackles to where I, I definitely do think um, last year I was super high on Justice Hill. Still believe in the talent as him as a as a space gadget guy, uh, but I definitely was a little too high on him last year. Um, so I definitely think Ingram is somebody who will be a thorn um, in J.K. Dobbins' owners because um, J.K. Dobbins is going to start as the number three option on that number three rushing offense. I mean, option probably the number five option on the offense. Lamar is going to be the focal point of the offense. You have. Um, Ingram, you're gonna have you're gonna have Marquise Brown, and then you still have um, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. So yeah, he might be around fifth um, before injury injury occurs. So um, definitely, I do think um, you know we can't project injuries. Injuries is something that's gonna happen. Um, all of these guys can get injured, or we haven't even discussed this, but all of these guys can get sneezed on at any point, and next thing you know, you're missing two crucial weeks during your your fantasy season. Um, and that goes for everybody. But just in terms of uh, Mark Ingram, I definitely do see him. Um, obviously, injury being something that pulls him back more than ineffectiveness, um, and which might lead us to some J.K. Dobbins actions. I do think once he gets that opportunity to be that RB1, I, I don't see him looking back and turning back in terms of giving the backfield back. Baz, I've got your rankings up in front of me, so if you want uh, any sort of feedback, I've got you. But running backs outside your personal top 20 that you can see making that leap into that group, who do you have? So, I mean, it's a bit of a hot take because um, he's we pretty. On his podcast. Go ahead. I mean, he he's pretty trash if we're gonna if we're going to be real. But um, I think Ronald Jones has a shot, and I know as ridiculous I know as ridiculous as that sounds, I think that offense is gonna be pretty high power to where he's just gonna have chances to punch it in. You know, like he's just going to have opportunities on the goal line to punch it in. And I do like his chances of getting a lot of those cheap two, three yard touchdowns where he might have like a 40 yard game, but he has two touchdowns because the offense was just down there. Uh, for sure. I can definitely see that too. I do think that Keyshawn Braun's time in that offense is coming, but I don't know if that time is going to be this year. Now, guys, another topic that we would be doing a disservice if we didn't hit on would be handcuffs. And what is a handcuff, you're asking? Your RB1 goes down, this top-tier running back, the bell cow that gets 20, 25 touches a game, goes down, the backup steps into that role and puts up top-10 fantasy numbers. So you think about a good example of this over the last couple of years, would have been, let's say, Malcolm Brown a couple of years ago with Tom Gurley. Last season, Alexander Madison was supposed to be that guy with Dalvin Cook, and Alexander Madison got hurt, got hurt excuse me, and a whole bunch of people took picked up Mike Boone in the last two weeks and rest their fantasy championship hopes on Mike Boone. But to me, when we're talking handcuffs, we can go around and hit on a couple of guys that stand out to us. To me, the number one guy that I have my eye on that I would draft, and he was a handcuff last season, would be Chase Evans of the Arizona Cardinals. Because like we hit on, dynamic offense, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kenyon Drake, at the very least, while he is talented, has shown to be volatile, inconsistent, and week to week, you don't know what you're going to get from him. So I think that if he were to vacate that role for any stretch of the imagination or for any stretch of time, excuse me, that Chase Evans immediately becomes a top 10 running back play. 
Raz, I know you. I saw you react a little bit there. Besides Edmonds, who else do you have your eye on in that role? I mean, just out of left field, um, I'm thinking of uh, because this committee it does have three running backs, but I do think that somebody like an AJ Dillon will um, steal a lot of those goal line carries, and then obviously, if somebody like Aaron Jones goes down. I think he's somebody that can make an immediate impact. Obviously, they they still have Jamal. Am I right? Well, Williams still there. Although I do think I think that AJ is the running back too to start the season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I think AJ Dillon is a, like a sneaky play if you can just. I mean, if you can afford to stash him, you might not even have to stash him. Realistically, I think he's going to be somebody uh, that you might have to stash. I think you you, might have you to think stash so, him, but I don't think the price is going to be too crazy. Probably like yeah. around maybe like rounds ten, eleven. Um, I'll tell you guys this. Matt LaFleur loves AJ Dillon. I will say that. Um, so I think I think my number one handcuff this year. Um, I definitely one of the most interesting teams going into this year, just in terms of what the opportunity they have, um, is is Buffalo. So I definitely think my number one handcuff that I'm looking for is is Zach Moss. And it, it comes down to people people get afraid when we talk about these running back committees, and they get afraid when we talk about these. Um, timeshares in the backfield. Um, but I definitely think Zach Moss and, and Devin Singletary complement each other perfectly. Um, these are both backs who, you know, they're they're both quicker than they are fast in terms of these guys aren't your 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 downfield burners. Um, but if you catch them in the backfield, if you don't come correct, they will leave you with a face mask full of grass. Um, both these guys are like tough runners. Um, Zach Moss reminded me of uh, you know he when I when I watched his Utah tape and and if, I don't know if you guys know Zach Moss is the uh, cousin of um, Sonora and Santana Moss so he definitely has NFL heritage in his bloodline um, but this dude is is he has spry footwork um, in tight corners um, he's physical he's one of those guys who looks to finish plays at the back not one of those guys who's looking to get out of bounds he's looking to um, to give punishment at the end of runs. Um, to where I definitely think him and Devin Singletary can form a a backfield to where both of them are being utilized to where if anything happens to Devin Singletary um, injury-wise, um, Zach Moore, I mean, Zach Moss ends up being that number one back on this team. And uh, Buffalo is going to run the football. Um, they are going to be a run-first offense, even with um, adding my guy Stephon Diggity. Um, so I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of upside for for Zach Moss to where um, a lot of people staying away from Devin Singletary, who was one of my favorite backs last year. Um, you know, a lot of dudes scout the NFL using forty time. Devin Singletary and um, Zach Moss were not forty time darlings. Um, those are both guys that I would say are quicker in pad than they are just like pure running in, in um, street clothes. Um, but nonetheless, two two really solid backs that I think have a really good opportunity for upside and are really compact and, you know, professional backs who you'll be able to count on. Um, so at the end of your draft, definitely keep an eye on on, uh, on Zach Moss. It's not another intriguing name that I think at the end of drafts could provide real value in spite of his situation. And that is after Darius Geis was arrested and consequently released by the Washington football team. It looks like there is a pathway to a lot of carries for the rookie Antonio Gibson. 
Obviously, Adrian Peterson, the Angels Warriors, still there. But you got to wonder if Antonio Gibson is healthy, whether uh, Ron Rivera is going to give the reins to him to lead that backfield at some point. Though the offense is pretty bad, or it looks like it could be pretty bad on paper, Wayne Haskins is still developing. But, Sean, you have Antonio Gibson right around 30, I think. Is that someone that, as a late-round stash, you think could provide you some real bang for your buck down the road as season progresses? Definitely somebody who I think um, as we get closer to draft season, no pun intended, will be um, somebody who the value is going to be um, pretty electric with Antonio Gibson. You know, somebody who he was one of the last running backs that I did break down for uh, my draft note series. And when I was watching all these backs, um, Antonio Gibson is somebody who he's um, 6'2", around uh, two twenty. Um, he's interesting because he is a bigger frame, the back that kind of has the skill set of, you know, let's say uh, one of your bigger um, X receivers that uh, might win on the outside. Um, so he definitely has, you know, some hand skills and he kind of is pretty interesting. Um, you know, it's going to end up about the draft capital. If you drafted before Darius guys got um, turned himself into police, Probably getting um, splendid value on Antonio Gibson, um, but Gibson is definitely somebody who he has the the potential and the skill set. Um, if you know Adrian Peterson might just be a mole to his fantasy value this year. Um, the dude, whenever he's on the field, you know, barring drastic injury, is just somebody who you know is going to get that work. And can I trust Ron Rivera not to give him work? Not really, man. So I could definitely get it happening. Um, but Antonio Gibson is somebody you have to watch in terms of just upside. When we get into that post-25, post-30, um, you know, pool of lottery tickets, he's definitely somebody who um, has that upside to bring you league-winning uh, potential if you can get him at that right price. If paying too much for him, that goes completely out of um, the window, though. Uh, but, yeah, man, between him and I might, I might take some Bryce Love stock if I'm taking um, – free tickets on the Washington backfield though, uh, just cause he's cheaper. Um, but I definitely do see, I, I can definitely see a likely scenario of Gibson, um, supplanting or, or just proving himself as the RB one in that backfield by, uh, the winner. I don't know if I called him uh, the Redskins before. So if I said that, my bad, Raz, someone more towards the bottom of your rankings that you think could be a league where like Sean Gibson was saying, Maybe someone like Antonio Gibson could. You have your eye on anyone in particular? I mean, honestly, my last answer before was AJ Dillon, which was that guy. Um, I mean, if I'm gonna pick someone, I, I like where I like the value on like a Daryl Henderson. If I'm gonna take someone, I don't know if I can win a league with him, but I mean, the running back in front of him isn't proven. And I, I would, you know, if if things went left, I could see him stepping in and filling into that void and getting those touches. Um, obviously, Zach Moles was a guy I um, moved off of my list at the last second um, because I forgot Leonard Fournette, that bum. But um, <laughs> but um, I, I I mean, like somebody like I obviously Adrian Peterson, I'm the, I'm just going to ride with him for my six point six points a week until he fall until he retires. So it's just one of those things where I think he's just going to be available and I think he's going to take away carries. And I think um, 
somebody like obviously like an AJ Dillon or a, a Daryl. Um, is it Daryl? I hope it's Daryl. I don't want to pronounce Daryl Henderson. Yep. Yeah, but uh, Daryl Henderson, I think somebody like him is he can step right into that starting spot and, and take those carries. So, guys, just to put a wrap on everything running back wise, when I look at this board, I think that off the top of my head, no, I'm looking at it right now, there are nine running backs that I would feel really comfortable and confident with going into this season. That would be McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, Chubb, Dalvin, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and I think I might have missed someone there. And then after that, you're swinging for some upside, you're swinging with some risk, and you're taking on running backs and committees. So it just kind of underscores how important it is to get steady points at that position week after week, especially when you're playing in deeper leagues, uh, 14, 16-team leagues, because those running backs that might be sneaky on the wire are not going to be available because they're going to be scooped up like that. It is the most critical position to win your league without question. Um, last last point on that, because you definitely just you definitely just hit um, what I had, uh, one of my stats that um, was super, just just talked about how important the, um, the running back, and I might, I might have used it earlier, just, just in terms of your running backs are um, – you're not going to get your running backs late and you might, you might be able to hit a value play um, late in the draft, but usually your best bets in terms of just the running back position is you're going to get them early. Um, and, you know, these are the guys, get your running backs early, get them often. Um, running back is, it, it falls off a clip super early. Um, so just make sure you are aware of that going into your 2020 drafts. Um, but yeah, man, um, it, Let's finish you guys off. You know, one one final sleeper outside of the top, let's say 30, 35, um, that you can see uh, that you will be taking in your drafts to fill out the, the bottom bench of your roster. Um, Matt, you can, if you have anybody, um, you can go, or Raz, we can start with you. It doesn't matter. Brad, uh, you go ahead real quick. I have a couple guys, Bobby. You can go ahead. To fill out the bottom of my roster. Um, Final, final, yeah, final uh, flyers. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a flyer. I mean, I think Philip Lindsay is somebody who's lost um, draft stock, but I, I think I would take him if he's there, you know, in those later rounds, just because um, I, don't, I can't even give you a real reason. I just think he has the talent, and I do I do think he'll he'll be able to steal some carries in some of those, pa- those pass-catching downs from Melvin, even though Melvin has shown that he can do both in his time in the league. Um, but yeah, Philip Lindsay's one of those guys where I'm just, I don't feel too bad about doing that. Um, I mean, Sony Michelle's going to fall late in a few of these drafts. Oh, um, God. Dude, no. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah. <laughs> injuries, but I, I think that's somebody where, you know, if I got him in the Tenth round, I'm like, I got a, I got a Sony Michelle staff for you. Twenty eight running backks had oh, one hundred and eighty touches last last season. Only one of them finished outside of the top thirty six at the position. It was Sony Michelle who was eighteenth in total touches. But uh, yeah, continue. My bad, bro. Being right. <laughs> so for, for me, right, guys, where you go on Sony Michelle? I got one more. I got one more. Oh yeah, my fault. Um, Carlos Hyde. Um, it's just somebody I might grab just because Chris Carson's gonna die week eight. But uh, I, I think that's about get, it. But yeah, jump on in there, man. Yeah, 
Listen, for all the jokes that Carlos Hyde wrote, he was not a terrible fantasy running back last year at Houston. That must be said. And Seattle is much more of a run-first offense than Houston is. Bro, don't slander me for my Jordan Howard love and then come out here giving giving Bro. Carlos Hyde some love. <laughs> not, I, I, I didn't say he was good. I said he provided some good fantasy value. That's but my whole That's my whole steez with Jordan Howard. That's the point. No, you think Jordan Howard's generational running back. Um <laughs> on the subject, on the subject of Jordan Howard, there are two guys outside of your both top 20 that I think I could see myself drafting. I don't know if I'm drafting either one of them with a lot of confidence. Uh, for the third year in a row, do I want to take Matt Breida? I don't know. Will I probably end up with some shares of Matt Breida? Probably, because I think he's pretty talented. He's made of glass. Um, and I do think that that Miami offense, whether it's with Fitzpatrick or if two is starts right off the bat, uh, I could see them. You know, they've got they've got some decent enough weapons in the passing game between Bretzel Williams, Devontae Parker, Mike Kazicki and whatnot. But I could definitely see them leaning on the road game a little bit more than they did last year with Jalen Balazs, who might be the worst running back I've ever laid my eyes on in my entire life. And Philip Laird. No, so, no, you you oh yeah, that well, that, that was the white guy at the end of the year. Philip Laird was, yeah. Caleb uh, Balazs not white, but Caleb Balazs terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 oh, man, I played him in a playoff game, bro. It was rough. The the running I, back. I, I almost played Caleb Balazs in a fantasy championship two years ago and pulled him out of my lineup at the last second. I think he proceeded <laughs> five points, so that turned out really, really well. But yeah, Breida, Breida, I only believe that Matt Breida's talent. Obviously, staying healthy is a bit of a problem for him, but I, I think that if we're talking about big play running backs. He's one of the better guys in the league in that sense. Like, doesn't get enough love. So, yo, Brita, I, go ahead, go ahead, man, go ahead. Finish. No, I was just gonna say, I, I'm, a, I'm, I've always been a believer in the talent, and I still think he has juice in the legs. So, could that backfire on me? Yes, but is it someone that I think could provide decent bang for the buck upside? Yes, that as well. I, I think Brita is like the running back version of Robbie Anderson for me. To where I love the talent. I think they're dynamic and electric players. Um, it's it's gonna be rough to to get some of that, you know, touchdown um value into his floor because I I just see Jordan Howard getting all of that goal line work. Um, also, you know, it's gonna come down to how much is he getting targeted out of the backfield. Jordan Howard is not going to be doing that. Um, how much of a weapon will he be used? Now, if if that target share in out of the backfield as a catcher is ramped up. Into like maybe the top seventy-five, just target share for running backs. Yeah, man, I could definitely see him jumping into that top twenty-five, um, and still giving you good value. Um, but yeah, just final, final takes, final sleepers that I have on the bottom of my board. Um, I'll, I'll just run quick off of them. Um, Naheem Hines. Um, I have him at RB forty-two. Um, he is lower on Fantasy Pros. I believe Fantasy Pros has him. Um, around 48, I believe last time I checked, that's somebody who I do believe he can play that Austin Eckler role inside of the Indianapolis backfield with Phillip Rivers. Um, he had 80 targets with Andrew Luck two years ago before, um, he retired in the beginning of the season. Um, Naheem Hines hasn't really show, showcased what he can do on the field yet, but I do think he has that same Tariq Cohen starter kit to where you can look at him to, to get you that same um high value PPR floor at the bottom of your roster and you're going to be paying bargain prices for it um which is where I, I do target those PPR guys like I did mention earlier um another guy I do have is Damian Harris Damian Harris is another guy 
Um, you know, Bama back, shared that backfield at Bama with Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, proven, you know, proven between the tackles, runner. Um, pretty, pretty solid runner. He's going to get you that three and a half, three and a half to four uh, yards per carry. Um, Raz mentioned Tony Michelle. Um, as somebody who, as somebody who invested in Tony Michelle last season, this that's just not a, a well I'm going back to this year. Even though the value is super, is just it's it's free basically. It's it's super cheap. I just you know I, last year he got so much goal line work. Um, I believe he was in the top five in in goal line work for running backs. Um, and that still didn't even help him finish inside the top thirty. Um, so that so the route for Tony Michelle being better before he loses his job completely is him ending up a a much more efficient running back. You know, just making people miss uh, gaining yards, getting downfield. That's just not something that I'm willing to bet on uh, based off last year. Um, and I guess my last um, sleeper that I would throw a dart on. This year would definitely be I'm 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 gonna go with some I'm gonna go with some Tariq Cohen you know another one of those those just cheap PPR guys to where I do think I'm not a fan of the quicker they stop the Mitch Trubisky experiment the better um can Nick Foles have a you know wink blink and you're looking at him having a a fake productive Ryan Fitzpatrick not a great real life quarterback but putting up uh fancy numbers i i can i can see that um david montgomery um is a serviceable back i would say three cohen is a weapon out of the backfield you know a rob is probably one of year in year out one of the most underrated receivers they have targets they have um targets that three cohen will get um to where if i think to where his value is going currently on um just adp it's a super discount on where he was going last year. Um, and yeah, just give me, give me some three cone this year. I'll, t- I'll take the discount. And um, that's about it, man. Um, right. Sure, right right. Oh, sure, real, sure, real quick. I just want to throw out there. If we're talking about discount PPR running backs, I have my eye on someone else that I think could give you more productive. That would be Duke Johnson. Would you rather have three cone oh, over his yeah, how did I not mention Duke Johnson, man? Like, I, I feel like that, that, that was a little sleeper I had because, like, we talked about last week with the Texans, Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins there anymore. In theory, they should be a worse team. They should be playing from behind a lot. But when he's not airing the ball 60 yards downfield to Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, especially Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks only knows one route, he's going to be ducking off to Duke Johnson a lot. And I think there are a lot of cheap PPR fantasy points there to be had. Do you agree? Um, you just try to throw that little sneak Brandon Cook shot in there. Hey, we 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 120 minutes in. I'm not gonna lose you there. We got that. We could do that next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but I definitely definitely love Duke Johnson. I, I I think he just needs a uh, you know, the proper injury. There's no Carlos Hyde this year. If anything happens to David Johnson, you know, I do think if you have to give Duke Johnson 150 to 175 carries. You know, I have him ranked um, 36, which is above. Um, I have him right, but I have him in that same tier with uh, Matt Breida, uh, Philip Lindsay, and James White, which and and Tariq Cohen. I actually have them in a, in in that same tier. Um, so yeah, Duke, Duke Johnson is one of my favorite guys. Super cheap, and he's coming out of value. Somebody that I do think could um, be looking at just a value play if David Johnson get hurt, he could lead you to some great value. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's about it. What y'all got? We, we done here, man? 
Yeah, how many, just real quick, I want to throw this question out. What's your degree of confidence that you could beat David Johnson in a 100-meter dash in the year 2020? <laughs> yeah, y'all. Hey, man, I think I think between, like, Brad's a track star. Brad, what, what do you think? I mean, I'm beating him, but I feel that about most people, so I don't think <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those things, you feel me? But, I mean, look, <laughs> I ain't got to slander the man too much. I think um, – he may have a good season this year just in that offense and because he can catch the rock, which it seems the Cardinals forgot he knew how to do uh, about <laughs> two years ago. So I think he has a chance to to have a good season. I think you can get him for cheap. So shout out to David Johnson. But, yeah, um, I mean, we. That's about it, man. Um, Yeah, man. Yo, bros, appreciate y'all for uh, stopping. Yes, man, Raz. Um, that's that's it for the for the running back preview. Um, we might try and get you some more. Um, you know, we went two hours a day. We were trying to keep this shit short. It's really tough. Um, we'll we'll decide if we're gonna chop it up in two parts. If you guys uh let us know if you guys do make it to this point. Um <laughs> give, give us some give us some feedback. Let us know. Um, would you prefer it getting chopped up into two parts or um do you do you guys mind the just the long um two hour episodes? Um but yeah, man, that's that's been the draft season podcast for you today. Be on the lookout. We will be coming to you live. Um another episode this week, me and Raz probably. Um, and we definitely gonna get you that wide receiver preview coming sometime next week. Um, you can follow uh my brother Matt at on Twitter at uh Matt underscore uh infield. Um you can definitely check out all of his work. Um W S A W and Wassaw. How you say that, Matt? I definitely saw beautiful Wassaw, Wisconsin. Hey man, you know, we just a couple middle America boys. <laughs> Um, definitely go support Matt. <laughs> definitely go check out. I love definitely, that. <laughs> definitely, hey man, for the for the purpose of the listeners at home, we are. Um, but definitely go check out Matt. Go support. Go support Matt. Um, definitely go follow my brother Raz on Twitter at Polo Piffington. Um, all things hot takes, all things. Um, what else you got for them on the on the timeline, Raz? All I mean, it's, it's a lot of shenanigans. Bill Cosby like slander. Yeah, you know, you know, shout out, shout out, Beyonce, Cosby. Was gonna say, no, whoa, 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 we don't, we don't slander hey, Beyonce. We slander hey. the fans, you know. Yeah, okay, and, no. yeah, that's that's a little different, man. One more thing, we can we can't forget our long lost brother Kevin Lewis who left us. Definitely, Kalu um, is recording live on AOL 3.0. This being so please <laughs> dial up. Somebody picked up the phone in his crib. <laughs> <laughs> so please, be, please bear with us. This, this will be, um, we we are still in um, the testing dynamics of the show, so it will be terrible at times. Um, but please do bear with us as we will be getting you this content. Um, uh, last couple notes before we get out of here: Madden giveaway, uh, August twenty fifth. We will be doing that giveaway. Uh, make sure you comment wherever you get your podcast. Um, leave a five star review. And we're gonna enter you in that free raffle for Man Twenty Five, uh, for Man Twenty One. Uh, what is it? Twenty One, Twenty Two, Twenty One? I believe Twenty One. And last but not least, go check out Thrive Fantasy Sports. You know the official sponsor of the Draft Season Podcast. Um, your number one host for all things DFS player props. Um, go check them out. Use that Draft Season. Po- uh, use that promo code Draft Season. Um, go support the boys. They support us. Um, so definitely go check out. Download that. Thrive Fantasy Draft app. And yeah, man, we out of here. That's it. Draft Season Podcast. We out. <laughs>